Oh, two Justins. Double dosage. Maybe now? Ugh. Maybe now? Maybe no. Camera, camera. Camera's okay for now. <laughs> what? What does that mean? What? Recording. Oh, yeah. Very good. I like your lighting. My pre-order from 18 months ago turned up, finally. What was that again? I saw you say something about a pre-order. Uh, from Slight. Slight. S-L-I-T-E. Australian-made video lights that I did a Kickstarter for. Did. Did. Participated in. What's the verb for <laughs> kick, participating in a, in a Kickstarter? I contributed to. Well, you've disappeared. Ah! Why? Well blurry. Wipe the Vaseline off the lens. Something has gone terribly wrong. Camera over here. Resume. It's the problem with this, like, phone as camera thing is the screen said something and I couldn't click it without ah. turning it around. Slight. Oh, I see it. Thing. Slight. Well, that's cool. Some really no, yeah, nice color video panels turned up. Yeah, 18 months later. And they're really nice. nice. Pieces of hardware. Who would do a long pre-order? Rookies. So I was like, pop them in here for now, but they've got nice little magnetic mounts on them so I can pop them in and out of mm. here or the photo booth or yeah. they'll be good for a bit of video production. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have anything like that. I should, that's a good, it's a good little thing. All I have is white lights. Uh, well, and then stupid yes. strip lights S that, yeah. I have a pile under my yes. desk still. You stream a light, it's out the back there. Mm-hmm. Mm. How are you got? Good. I kind of have so many tabs open. It's kind of, kind of like absurd. I just found a whole other set. Oh, there's another one. Can't get them to go away. There you are. Uh, we started shipping pedestals, which is good. And got one installed. We got them installed over the weekend. Scott, I think he listened. So awesome. thanks for getting that installed right away. He do it without you? No, well, there was definitely some quirks, which was kind of the whole point of like having somebody do it besides us. Like I had missed one piece of information and one of the files that you have to change. And so we broke a tool fork immediately, which is why we sent another one because that tends to happen. There was a little bit of a weird like shift thing with where it aligned. That's one of the biggest problems I have with making the cam files for people is that Every machine's a little bit different. So we actually figured out a really cool new way to do it so that it's not reliant on, like I was doing it before based on the origin of the machine, right? Where you kind yeah. of always start your zero, zero. And every machine seems to be slightly different. And Scott and I, we have the same machine, basically, like same year. And his was a quarter inch off in X positive than ours was. Mm. Yep. So... It shifted off the base a little bit, still worked. We came up with a new way to do that. Should be a fine solution. I guess CNC routers are relatively low volume things. Like they're handmade to an extent. Yeah, very, like, yeah. There's someone in a factory just cutting lengths of steel and aluminum and like assembling these things. So it makes sense. This is what I don't understand we're trying to figure out how that works for shop saver specifically it's like is the person creating the machine doing the cut in of the table just picking a place to start Ooh. the origin because Could be. a quarter inch <laughs> is a lot you know like in a cnc 
I think we've found a way to like not have to deal with that kind of accuracy need from a remote perspective. Cool. It feels nice. But other than that, finished the big foam project and that went well. Learned a lot about Ren shape, which cuts pretty easily all around. Had to buy a mm. giant carbide tool that's like a reduced neck three-quarter diameter tool it was like 290 dollars so expensive but i'm actually going to use it on this aluminum job i'm working on right now too so it kind of is already paying itself off i've never regretted having giant tools i've found like they always find a good purpose it's always like oh yeah well if i had a longer tool i could do this right and that was sergey's wiggle wiggle oh man that first hss thing i could just tell Immediately, it was not seven inch long. I think it was a six inch cutter length, half inch diameter, and the steel itself, right? Just big floppy, uh, yeah. wet noodle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah so did you use carbide. it at all, or you just <laughs> canned that plan? We kind of did like a light test cut, and it was yeah. just, we tried it. It vibrated immediately on the lightest of cuts, no matter what I did. And I was just like, this is stupid for the material, for the job. I guess trying to save money by not buying a giant carbide tool and in the mm. end had to buy it anyway. Food anyway. <laughs> yeah, it worked out in the end. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got through it. I have to say during the week, I don't know if this is just this week or more generally, like I noticed your Slack status was just like in do not disturb or like off a lot of the time. Oh, I, was like, oh, I didn't oh, even see that. I hope Justin's okay. Hope he's focused and everything's going okay. I think I literally haven't turned it back on since I went <laughs> on vacation. So tells you sense. what, I mean, it's just Ricky and I, so it's like he knows know. basically if I'm here or not. <laughs> Leave it off, man. Pew, pew. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. Wow. <laughs> It's one of my favorite new ones. Oh, daddy. (laughs) That's not me, people. That's Justin. Why not? With these buttons. That's quite disturbing. (laughs) Oh, then I could just make it sound like you just said that right now. (laughs) Oh, dear. Awesome. Well, I'm glad the tooling phone worked out. Was the client happy? I just got an email from them. It's all working out nicely thus far. So, crap. I was less stressed about it than I thought it would have been. And the biggest challenge to it, honestly, was the scale of it was big. But then also, like, at the end, we couldn't cut to the bottom of the part. So we had to, like, flip it over and use a trim router. Ricky held it down uh-huh, while I okay. trim routed yeah. the edge. Because the outside edge actually wasn't critical. But it still made me really nervous. Thing. I was going to, like, oh, you know, yeah. go crazy and lose it. Days of machine time and then just mess it up with a trim router right at the end yeah exactly yeah 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 awesome i'm glad that worked out would you do more of it yeah i think so it was yeah i mean frankly it's very easy to cut like i use roughing Mm -hmm. tools flat end mills ball mill just standard carbide ball mill worked really great on it definitely produces an enormous amount of chips so we did kind of get a test out a series of our spacers and dust boot parts to like kind of try to optimize it. And it did work pretty well. The problem becomes when you're dealing with a big, you know, shape at some point that overhang of the dust boot can 
hit stuff that's not simulated yeah. in the model. And so you got to be on top of it for that regard. But when you can optimize it for like when we were just doing the finishing with a ball mill, I had like three spacers on at one point. So it was like <laughs> an inch and a half plus the dust yeah. brush. So it was like huge wall <laughs> of dust boot and it works really well. There's like no dust at the end of it. So it's kind of cool to like be able to test some of that stuff finally. Yeah, awesome. Is that the idea with the spaces that you can just stack them up to extend? Yeah. Infinitely to a point. D relatively, yeah. I think yeah. I made a reel a while back that when we first kind of put them out on the website, I had a Ricky had stacked them up just in production and there was like nine on a dust boot and it stays. <laughs> I don't know if that weight and like all that stuff is great, but... uh I wouldn't tool change with I, it literally would have hit the bottom of the table tool changing I think <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah yeah but yeah it, it, you know I think of it as like hopefully it's like a toolkit for your dust collection game rather than the one option you have is yeah. what comes on the machine and you can't change it anyway how's Sweet. things for you yeah pretty good well I mean there's heaps of stuff coming through the workshop at the moment like jobs that have been in our system for, some of them have been there for a year. And like we've got a bunch of That's big jobs. Time. Oh, I know. Got a bunch of big jobs that kind of have all landed, finally sort of moved through production at the same time. But some of them have been like six months, nine months, year. And they're all wow. building industry related. So they're like, in some way, ah. they're linked to delays on site or. Mm -hmm. Builders having issues, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, and we've kind of yep. just been at the, the mercy of these situations. And it's, it's gotten to a point where it's tricky because while we have received a deposit on all these jobs, like one of them, for instance, we bought, like we kind of closed the job on like material prices about to go up. Let's get this job going for you. We know you're yep. not quite ready but let's get it going, lock in your material. And we, we then bought that material and then sat on it, ended up using a lot of it because the job was so delayed. And now we're buying new material, which is fine. We, we made a conscious decision, decision to do that rather than sit on it. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But just, yeah, it's been, I guess with slow sales as well, it's been really challenging from a cash flow perspective to manage that and be like, cool, when are these jobs actually going to finish? <laughs> like, yes, they're moving yeah. now, but there's still on-site issues and like someone's having their slab re-poured and so we can't install it, which means we can't finish it, which means we can't get paid. So it's like Ooh. a bit of a, a, um, a mum proverbial bit. You don't cover material purchases, right? Like you take a deposit probably? We take a deposit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've taken a deposit on these jobs. It's just the sort of variability of these ones. Like, we can't just, like our normal sort of smaller scale job, we can just make, slide into our production schedule, make it when it suits us within our lead time. Yep, yep. Call it done, get paid. Mm -hmm. Whereas these yep. ones where there's sort of external factors, that's more complicated. So I think it's just kind of proving to us that these jobs are not ideal for us. Like anything that kind of relies on an external contract or, or another trade is just not particularly well aligned for our systems, which is fine. It's good to sort of learn that. Did, is it, um, in some of these cases, are the 
parts going to change based on how the construction goes, or is your your part set? They just can't take it. Mm, most of it's pretty set, but there are you know we find with these jobs that there's more like our design budget, design detailing budget has been consistently going blowing out, going over what we quoted because of because I think because it's drawn out and because there's little changes along the way. There's just more opportunity yep. for change, I suppose, because it's so drawn out. Of construction projects too, it's like, well, as we joke about, mm, doesn't get planned until you do it. Mm. In terms of like, you know, the person making the thing, it's like often with these things ends up finding some detail that's like, oh, well, nobody figured out how the drawers work, and they're going to hit the yeah. cabinets and. <laughs> Oh, there's a sprinkler pipe there that no one told us about. Yeah, great. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm uh-huh, very familiar uh-huh. with that. But otherwise, what's happening over here? I don't know. So the workshop's really busy with all of that work. And I've had a decent week doing a bit of fun stuff, really enjoying the bamboo. Nope. Yeah, I, was gonna, I forgot about that. <laughs> I've been trolling you about all your posts on the internet. <laughs> He's a printing maniac. I know. I've finally like hit my printing streak. No, I've been loving just sending little jobs to that. Laura's still in the process of sort of developing her model. She's got an exhibition coming up pretty quick and she's about to like have about three, four hundred hours of print time that she needs to get through it. Whereas I'm Ooh. like, quick, what are all these little things I want to make before Laura's got all this machine time that she needs? <laughs> so just been kind of Keeping it busy, it's a little odds, odd jobs, but yeah, good. Very happy. Mm. Yeah. You basically yeah. just turn it on at work? Yeah, it's just always on at work. So I've just been sending things to it from home yeah. or from. I just meant like out of the box, and... like didn't take any effort, right? Yeah. 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 I've had some filament loading issues, like the I've had zero issues with the proprietary bamboo filament that came with it. Yeah. But I have stuck a couple of rolls of generic PLA in it, which have been admittedly have been sitting around in our office for a while. So they've probably mm. got some moisture, blah wet, blah, wet whatever. Noodles. Wet noodles. And it doesn't love some of those, like I've got particularly a roll of red in there at the moment. It's like, tries to load, fails, retracts, tries to load, fails. And it's like, come on, come on, you can do it. And then like I fiddle with yeah. it for a bit more and then finally loads. But I don't know what the deal is with that, but seems very happy with the new filament. As far as I know, it won't reject based on wetness or like it may print crappier, hmm. you know, just like normal. But yeah, we have... Way too many problems with rolls don't not fitting in there, and I don't know mm. how. Like my take on it and what I've read is, I don't know that they necessarily intentionally made everything hard to fit in there. I think they were creating a, a holistic product where they can drop that AMS inside the body of the rest of the printer to ship it. Yeah, and that <laughs> really constrains things in terms of. You know, making it. And I, I don't think that's a wrong choice on their part. It's smart. Mm-hmm. It's their product. They're making an end end solution. And what I'm excited, I think I shared that before, is this Hydra upgrade that we're we haven't had time to print it. Maybe this week, but it changes where the rolls sit, and so you can basically fit 
all different sizes and it seems cool. to fix some of these problems because yeah, so, we, we can't fit mm. Prusament in there and even the inland stuff we've been buying and you have to like put a new roll thing on it and then it's just a little too tight and eh. yeah interesting i haven't had that issue of stuff not fitting in there all of the rolls mm. we've got here all just popping fine that's good um, but does that is the what did you call it the upgrade what did you just refer to it hydra as? is the it's hydra. kind of like this guy's like coined name for it on printables i think sure. I should, i'll put it in the links does it fit within the existing ams like envelope okay yeah but you're basically it's, rebuilding the internals of the ams like rollers and stuff yeah you yeah. reuse all the hardware and print for new tray things it sits in and then sure i guess the big downside is you have to take the whole thing apart and then yeah. there is a guide i guess for like maintenance or repair purposes and you just follow the same guide i guess to do that and it's all printable parts that you can print like they do mm. you know it's suggested to not use probably do something like abs or asa which i haven't done but we did buy some so that's my goal is that and then the same person whose handle on printables is hume beam h-u-m-e hume beam seems to be like either a professional in industrial designer or just real good at, at modeling like professional parts because these he's also made these like little dry boxes that i just printed actually and you can put a hygrometer and a temperature thing and then a bunch of desiccant inside them and they go in the front facing side of the ams so that you can like okay. add more desiccant to the container and then also see what the internal humidity is and that is just printed in like four hours so pretty sweet little i'll put links to those Sick. so i haven't oh this is interesting because i haven't gone down the path of like these websites where you can download <laughs> random stuff at all like <laughs> i've just never it's gone crazy. there i'm getting the sense that this is potentially dangerous dangerous territory for me right now no, um, what, but, what, like, it's dangerous but it's also brilliant because like just just think about any of the things you've ever thought about. It's kind of like ChatGPT, right? It's like, oh, I, I would love a solution for this thing. And instead of going to model it yourself first, just search for it. Oh, And then wow. likely, okay, right. likely somebody has maybe a crappy version, maybe a great version, oh. like this human being guy's stuff. And <laughs> I never even thought about like, oh, I should modify this thing and make my own parts yeah. because it just looks really complicated and I didn't want to spend two weeks doing it. You know, like, I totally. but, yeah. Oh, I see. Phenomenal. It now. I can get a, a, I can get, finally get the gyroscopic beer holder for my bike that I've been wanting. Excellent. Yep. Yep. I understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, looks like the printer's going to be busy again today. Good. it's it's pretty fantastic the other really cool thing from a just kind of a designer community sense and i think 3d printing is probably the best i've seen of anything like this and in, in like making it all is in built into most of these platforms and printable seems to be the most popular one currently is yeah. remixing so like you can uh, download somebody's cool. model change it and it links it back to the original when you like choose to i guess credit it but then you can kind of just like 
oh, I like this version, but I want it slightly different. Somebody might have done that already and uploaded it again, and it's there, and you just download it and all but straight to your printer. Like it goes, you know, it can go to your desktop into the slicer, and then yeah, yeah. So it's kind of amazing. I'll check that out. I think I've said before, like you probably have this feeling too. It's it's changed my brain in terms of like solving design problems, the way that like 3D printing can work and the kind of mm. like speed and effectiveness of like, I was trying to test out this base, printed it in an hour, mm. so to make it an aluminum one. Yeah, it's been really interesting watching Laura wrap her head around it too because she oh, she's had a printer for a long time, but she hasn't, like it's an old flash forge from like 10 plus years ago and it was pretty unreliable and we never did a huge amount with it. But like it's, she's a really strong Rhino user, but very much in the 2D Rhino world. Ah. And so it's been super interesting over the last week watching her design this new piece, which is suddenly like this machine has opened up all these like 3D opportunities. So like the prototype test part she printed the other night, it was like, I was looking at it, it was like, this is like completely an additive part. Like there's no other way you could make this because it's all got right, these yeah. internal like pockets and stuff. And it's really cool to see yeah, that like is. immediately changing her design approach to how she makes her sculptures. Sweet. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm imagining like a giant SLA bed that she could make something out of that like it's like human sized and it can like print giant sculptures that she can. Oh, good. <laughs> My screen just turned off. There we go. We're oh, great. Yeah, we out. Oh, just random stuff, you know. Been playing with some things. We do a weekly training session at work at the moment. Three or three o'clock on a Wednesday. And we do a different topic every week and we've kind of just got a whiteboard going of ideas and suggestions of different people who could train the team on different things. So like anyone from the team could run like a 15 minute little training session of like, this is how I do this or this is how this tool works. Or, so yesterday, yep. Jay and I did a 15 minute introduction to GPT for everybody because <laughs> Jay and I have been the, the power users in the business thus far. Aaron and Sarah have been in there a little bit as well, but it was, that was a fun little session to run. Just get everyone introduced to basic prompts and things to sort of help get you started. Yeah. And what you can do with it. What was the reaction? Look, most people were familiar with it. One, one of our guys had, it was kind of his first introduction to it. So I think he was pretty blown away by it. But towards the end of it, I was, I kind of just spoke briefly about like where, my sense of where I think this is going and like, you know, whether it's, you know, a cloud, a private sort of cloud server version of it that is like specific to our company or an offline model mm -hmm. or whatever it ends up being. But like I'm imagining that the company would have its own kind of dedicated model that knows everything about the business and all the contextual information and it's mm -hmm. constantly being fed new production data, like all the jobs just get dropped in there. And it just learns to manage and report and do all of these functions, yes. act as an agent on behalf of the company with all this little rich information pouring into it. And it's quite an exciting concept to me right now. Yep. Yep. And my like tiny mini version of it is I've just got like one chat in GPT at the moment, which is like just called LB agent and I've just dumped like oh most of the contents of our website into this one chat 
and a whole bunch of other notes about mm-hmm. the company or my thinking in terms of our direction and vision and blah, blah, blah. And so whenever I'm doing sort of copywriting for the business or sort of business direction thinking, I do it within this one chat. Hmm. And it means that it's kind of, it's doing a much better job of sort of keeping it on point and relevant. And, but like, you know, yep. so that's such a tiny scale. I'm just imagining like the bigger version of that with like where oh, the whole yeah. model is dedicated to a company. It'd be amazing. Doesn't it seem like that is insanely valuable? Like how much would you pay for that? Because oh. I think that a lot of companies would pay a lot of money for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, not that I want it to be expensive, but no. it, <laughs> it, it could be, like, especially if people get into, like, services, get into specialization of how good theirs is, and, like, there's going to be such mm. a race of that kind of thing, right? Yes. Yeah. I do have a sense that it's a bit of a race in lots of yeah. ways. Yeah. So that chat you have right there so that you don't, like, let's say lose it or you want to start somewhere new with it if it gets lost you can like Uh ask it to summarize everything so that you can export it for a chat in the future right like yeah like give yourself a prompt from chat gpt for a new thread from your current discussion i think yeah maybe that was you yeah i've mucked around with that a little bit i also found the setting that's kind of hidden where you can just export all of your chats which is i think i'm just gonna do that periodically and it's it just probably- dumps it all out into an HTML file, basically. Oh, yeah, export data. Yeah. There we go. The other thing I had thought of the other day that I was like, because I keep seeing these, like, though, there's, like, AI agent services now where you can, like, have the yeah. interface with GPT. And it's almost just like there's, I want some people to come out on top, I guess, before I really dump a bunch of energy into <laughs> oh, no. how many versions of these things there are. But I had this thought the other day of like i want the company specific version it knows all of our history it knows all of our orders or all the things and i want it to i want i want to ask it to almost like a google alert version of like what should i be doing this week or what should i be doing now or like (laughs) notify me when something comes up that i should know about like give it like the agency of like Mm. be proactive rather than me having to always trigger it. Yeah, and, and that's that that agent function, right? That's what those agents yeah, are promising, yeah. that they'll be able to do stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like my agent test, for want of a better word. I've been asking it things like, as a director, as the director, what are my top five priorities that I should be focusing on? And it's doing a really good job, like... Hmm. Of outlining that in my is it generic or company specific in that case? It's company specific. It's product specific. It's company specific. It's taking everything that I've dumped into that chat. Sometimes you got to remind it, like it gets in a bit of a loop of just looking at kind of I think the more recent items in the in the chat, and you got to go, "Hey, remember when I told you this way up here?" It's like, "Oh yeah, that's right." Like, (laughs) has another go. (laughs) Yeah. I think daily I catch something that it gets wrong just pretty obviously. Oh, yeah. Like today I caught something yeah. and I was like, that doesn't seem right. But, you know, <laughs> then it'll usually give you the right answer the next time you think. But mm. Mm. And I, but that, that kind of leads me to what I was doing work on yesterday where I was thinking about like if we had to 
choose one focal point for the business, like one end goal focal point, like what would it be? Which I did a whole bunch of work on yesterday, but I wanted to ask you, like if you had to choose, like choose one. Choose one. What would you do? Yeah. Is this a is this a secret show question? Maybe it is. Maybe we should save it for the secret <laughs> show. I did think that. that we not. are still working on, by the way. They're coming out. <laughs> I promise. Once, I mean, the, the off the top of my mind, I just do CNC related products. It's yeah. it's already what I'm doing. We enjoy it. It's satisfying. I think once these first round of pedestals all hit and get installed <laughs> it'll have a whole different feeling i've already felt a little bit of relief that's just been kind of like hanging over me but not to get into that it's just yeah i think that's it's a weird venn diagram anyway without really <laughs> digging into it of like i liked i really wanted to design products we were doing this job shop cnc thing so we had kind of both an audience as well as like potential you know I'll say customers or people that could be, you know, at least in that same field if we did come up with something. So it's it's turned out to work really well. And maybe you have some of this experience too, but it's it's been really interesting. I mean, it's just Ricky now, but there was a couple other people at times when we were working on product ideas that it's been really interesting to see how interested and excited and like the pride that people take in making mm. your own and designing your own products versus, I mean, you, you can only have so much pride in something you make for somebody else because it disappears, right? Like it's immediately not a thing you're dealing with after it goes out your door. You're not doing customer service for it. You're not, you know, you're not making the next version. So it's just yeah. different. And so, yeah, I've, I've loved seeing that evolution. It feels great. So that's a long answer, but that's mm, no, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm similar like it's kind of i like that's the answer i would have expected you to make <laughs> and i think you'd probably expect my answer as well in terms of what i would focus on if i had to choose one um, sawdust power water heaters obviously <laughs> <laughs> burning sawdust no like kitter parts like that would be it's our flagship product i'd be like cool what's the all the ecosystem around that let's let's make that our focal point and that's probably where we'll go. Uh, it's it's well, the thing that I'm challenged by right now is like the risk. Like it feels like a risk to say, "Cool, this this is this one thing we're going to like drive towards." And it's not like we're going to cut off all this other work tomorrow, but it's kind of acknowledging that yes, yeah. like yes, well, that's kind of what we want. We kind of want all the other work to fall away and like kind of narrowed, like so that eighty percent of our business is kind of this one product line it's like that feels a bit scary both in a sort of commitment decision-making way but also just in a business risk like what happens if people start buying the thing the thing that i always challenge in that one thought right there i think we've talked about it too but myself with is when i do the step back analyze how things are going what we should change i'm kind of always thinking about that the confluence of what I think good lean businesses should do is not have multi aspect Mm. service and product. It is one or the other and you do it really well and you constantly evolve 
that to be as efficient as you can. And I'm always like, why am I doing this still? They're like, I've thought that like a thousand times. Mm, same. And yet, yeah. right, the same thing. It's yeah, like, but <laughs> then you get the big job and you're like, oh, okay, that was good. Yeah, and I'm the same. It's like, what, yeah, like I can see the trajectory of how far we've come in in this sort of similar thinking, like we have narrowed the business focus over the years and we have pushed pro- like non-ideal work away and non-ideal products off the list. And like we have been doing that. It's but without this kind of like really clear sort of pinpoint, like, yes, this is the one thing. It's just kind of mm-hmm. been sort of more natural attrition, which has been really positive. So yeah, it's kind of an extension of that idea, I suppose. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. we can mm-hmm. do the best at both. So, hmm. Mm. <laughs> cool. Well, I think we could easily do a full episode on that. Save it for oh, the secret. Yeah. Now, cool. What else? I did set fire to some sawdust this week, as you saw in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I found this old, like, water heater <laughs> jacket, like a double wall, like, old rusty thing in the paddock at home. I was like, that kind of looks like a sawdust burner to me. I brought it to work, like packed it full of sawdust and tried to set fire to it. It didn't work very well. But I did, like, at one point I walked out to check it and, like, I could hear the whole thing just, like, was full of boiling water. So, like, in some level it was a success. Hmm. And something, something's working in there. Yeah. Um, but it, I got to that because I've been thinking about this stuff for ages and I asked our insurance company, I was like, what would oh, happen yeah. if we <laughs> built a Burned like things. spray boost drying room that was dry, you know, like heated with a sawdust, a home built sawdust heater? And they were like, let me get back to you. And of course, never did. But it got me thinking the other day of like, like any form of innovation is a risk, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so you, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's just about risk management. And, you know, if you want to do something, you want to sort of innovate or push an idea at some point you're going to have to sort of break something or step beyond some invisible line and so like i was just like no i need to keep pursuing this idea like it's interesting it's got great mm-hmm. potential in terms of managing our waste stream it's just yeah yes the insurance company has gone quiet on me but like let's keep pursuing this idea and maybe something can still come of it so yeah yeah i mean the first thing i thought of in that regard is it's like if I said I'm going to put a bunch of really high density batteries in the bottom of a car and you're going to use that to power it, and if they happen to fall out, they're going to explode <laughs> or start a fire and you're going to have a hard time putting them out. And then, well, actually, almost all vehicles are just bombs because they're filled with gas and mm-hmm. start on fire all the time. And then I was thinking like, what about also just like burning trash and burning other things? That seemed probably crazy at one point to like create energy from it and to do it in a clean way. Can you imagine the people trying to make like clean energy incinerators? Like I mm-hmm. bet they fought through so much crap to cities saying we'll never burn it cleanly. Like, yeah, and now it's yeah. like all that Germany does, you know, like yeah. <laughs> other than their immense amount of solar panels. <laughs> yep. Totally. So, you got to fight somewhere. Yeah. I'll keep burning trash. You're just kind of a self-insure is the problem. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's my thinking. It's like, you know, how do you make it ultra safe so it just becomes a non-issue and prove that it's a non-issue? Find somebody really wealthy that wants to 
support a sustainable <laughs> product style and then cover your costs if there's a an issue as an insurer. <laughs> benefactors. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Bring on the benefactors. Yeah. That is all. Oh, you I need have. a pucker is what you need first. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about trying to build one of those. Mm-hmm. A pucker. Cool. What's next to you? Got a giant aluminum set of parts to make kind of another mold, actually, which is so weird how projects always like work <laughs> in series like that. And so I've just, before this, I was making the fixture kind of for it that goes onto a fixture plate. It's like the bottom mount because it's, except for the bottom, completely non-orthogonal, 3D shaped, and it's just, they're pretty large parts. So be a whole new type of thing, but for that we've done before, but I'm excited to see like how we can 3D machine with the mill. Mm, so I've cool. only done a little bit, nothing like very organic prior. So it'd be cool. Sweet. Steep and shallow all day. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Are, are they parts you can show? Well, not really. I think so. I'll find okay. out. Um, yeah, cool. I don't know, actually. Yeah, cool. Have fun mm -hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see what else you 3D print. Yeah, I'll just think of all the things I'll find on printables today. Oh, uh -uh. Yeah, I should. <laughs> Can I have this like, I, I mean, you know, if you had Bard, I guess you could connect it, but you could uh, connect ChatGPT to printables and then you can just have a running conversation <laughs> back and forth with your bamboo slicer. Did you hear the thing about ChatGPT trying to solve a capture? And like, you know, the things where you have yeah. to select the images and I like it lying to to a person to try and get through. It was like saying it had a vision yeah. impairment. <laughs> yeah. It was like a Maybe. demo of like what it could do with plugins, I think. And that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was a use the internet to connect to a like a task rabbit person and then yeah. lied to it and said it had a vision impairment. And then the task rabbit person supposedly pushed back on him. I was like, are you an AI or a right. robot or something like yeah. that? And it like <laughs> lied about that too or no it did admit that right i did admit I it but then it continued to yeah. lie that was the funny thing it was like yeah i am a robot but i have a vision <laughs> it all costs so good good and scary yeah. cool definitely cool man all right i'm gonna go print some stuff yeah. <laughs> me too me too i'm printing right now i'm sure you are i am not i should be <laughs> Alright, see you. Ciao, bye. I don't know how to end this. Oh, leave. <laughs>